eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. It's now time for Big Time Baseball Players Edition, brought to you by Radio.com. Alongside Tony Gwynn Jr., I'm Ben Davis. It's a part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Tony Gwynn Jr., welcome to another edition. How you doing? I'm good, BD. How about yourself, brother? I, I could not be better. There's so much going on. Some unbelievable playoff games that have transpired recently. Uh, let's just dive right into it. We had, I think, one of the best games ever, and that would be the Dodgers and the Nationals in Game 5 of the NLDS. It was just absolutely awesome. Obviously, the Nats pulling it out. And they will advance to play the Cardinals for the uh, in the NLCS. But what a game! You started off with Walker Bueller just going through that Nats lineup, which is not easy to do, and no. they're just mowing them down. Uh, what was your 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 takeaway from that ball game? So much to unpack in that game. I mean, you had two premier pitchers on the bump. Uh, the 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 Dodgers get on the board early. They scored three runs in the first. And Walker Bueller is able to kind of settle in and and, and really do what we've seen him do uh, in this postseason uh, and really throughout the regular season. But I, you got to tip your hat to Steven Strasburg, right? Because mm-hmm. he gives up the three and then throws up donuts the rest of the way. Um, their their whole pitching staff threw up donuts the rest of the way. Yeah. 
And I just thought it was remarkable because it wasn't that long ago, right, that we were hearing Stras Steven Strasburg soft. He doesn't want to – he doesn't pitch well in the big moments. He's kind of put that to rest. I mean, in, in his appearance, I think going into that game, he had 28 innings, had only giving up, given up two earned runs in the playoff. So I don't, I don't necessarily call that soft, and I certainly don't call that not pitching uh, when the lights are at their brightest. He came up big. Um, and it, it, it's just, it just seemed like from the onset of this playoff run for the, for the nationals, they had a game plan of how they were going to use their pitching staff. And it, it revolves around three starters and two relievers basically. And they pretty much did that the entire series. Uh, Dave Martinez had that, that game plan. They followed it to a T Anthony Rendon continues to be hot. Uh, and, and they got some clutch hitting from, the guys in that middle of that lineup, uh, Soto and, and Rendon. Yeah, that's just huge. And and for Soto to step up the way he has, a twenty years, twenty year old kid, and basically you can still call him a kid. To, for him to step up the way that he's been doing, it's almost like you know you you expect it out of him. That's how good he is. That's how clutch he is. Right before Kershaw threw the second of the home runs, the back to back home runs, the pitch to Rendon. Wasn't that bad? No, but it wasn't bad as, at all. It wasn't that bad, but Rendon somehow barreled it and hit it out to left field. As literally, as soon as Kershaw let go of that pitch, I said to my wife, "I said back to back," and then whammo, back to back. Yeah. That ball, yeah. the outfielders didn't even move. So as we get into that, I mean, his his clutch hitting is off the charts. But here's a two part question for you: One, should Clayton Kershaw have been in for that second inning? Should he have only thrown that one hitter in the previous inning and then come out of the ball game? And two. What the heck is going on with Clayton Kershaw? This is it, it. You think it's just in his head, or he just can't live up to the pressure? I, I well, I, I think I don't think it's in his head. But what I do believe, and Pedro Martinez hit on it after the game, he's got to make the full transition from power pitcher, a guy who's attacking the zone, to a guy who's you know kind of using the entire zone and around it. Uh, to and his experience to get outs and uh, the difference between what you the, the basically Doc Rob, Doc 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 Dave Roberts used the same um, strategy that Dave Martinez is. The difference was that you know whether you're bringing in Corbin, whether you're bringing in Strasburg, whether you're bringing Scherzer, they still are power arms. They can still you know get away with a fastball that's not necessarily located perfectly. And get away with it because they're still pitching in the 95, 96 range. Whereas Clayton, that pitch was 89 miles per hour. And you can't throw a pitch to a guy like uh so like Juan Soto in the middle of the plate. You saw where he hit it. But listen, I don't know if you remember uh this this BD when it was right the day of the deadline. We did our show. And I was adamant that the Dodgers made a huge mistake in not adding to that bullpen. And what you saw from Dave Roberts, at least in my eyes, was I he didn't trust any of those other dudes in that bullpen. I mean, let's 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 erase what happens. You go into that same inning, and you got and you want to bring a lefty in. You have uh, an option of Clayton Kershaw or Kalerik, uh out of the bullpen. You are you telling me that you're going to go with Kalerik in that situation? I find that hard. I find that hard to believe, and 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 again, it boils down to in Dave Roberts' mind, he's watched these guys all season long. So there's a trust that's built up over a course of 162 games that clearly he didn't have with Jensen, 
clearly he didn't have with Baez. And when you look at the the opponent batting average against those guys, there's there's a clear reason why. He felt like he wanted to throw a Kershaw in that situation. Uh, and, you know, it didn't work out. Maybe you bring in Maeda to face uh, Rendon there instead. But but he went with Clark Kershaw, and it didn't work out, and he's going to get lambasted for it. But as I said, in on July 31st when it happened, are, you have to make the deal when you've been this close this many times because the likelihood of you getting back to three World Series – the, num- the chances, no matter how good your team is, the numbers are against you. And, and, and so to not make that decision, it came back to bite him. It waited till till this time of year in October to bite him, but it bit him, and it bit him in a huge way, and they're going to have to really swallow a, a really tough Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about, I agree with you, but Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs just isn't good. He's just not good. No. So, But that shows you how shallow that bullpen is. You know his deficiency in the in the playoffs, but yet you still throw him out there because Dave Roberts doesn't trust anybody yeah. else. Um, this is – you think his job's okay, Dave Roberts? I think it is. The, yeah, they're bringing – they said they're going to bring him back. But but this also leads to another bigger question to me. And, you, 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 and the bigger question is – and it's a debate that we've had for, for a long time, right? Or as a, as a fan – are you okay with winning division titles and 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 maybe never winning the big one, right? Because you think about who's at the top of this organization, Stan Caston, who who was the Braves. I mean, the 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 guy who orchestrated that Braves run where they were winning division title, division title after division, division title. The only one won World Series, Correct. which is good, right? You you win the one, but that seems to be the same model the 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 Dodgers are on right they they win these division titles they constantly are building for the future but never willing to go that extra step to try to push them over the top they're still leading in attendance so in it what reason is there to change you're making the organization a lot of money you're still a, a factor in this thing but you're not quite winning championships yet no you know you're not but moving on later into that game and i know we're spending a lot of time on this subject but it was just such a classic game it was just timely hitting that the home run great hitting the, the, the home run or i should say the grand slam by howie kendrick in the 10th inning where does that rank for you i think it's there in the top of the top I don't know, maybe 10 home runs in the playoffs. I'm saying it was yeah. that clutch. It was, you know, Davis David versus Goliath. They're, they're not supposed to be there. Um, it was it was awesome to see that. And he had hit a couple of balls earlier in that game right on the screws. Nothing to show for it. But he gets that one, goes dead center against Joe Kelly. In my opinion, unbelievable. And if you look at it, Howie Kendrick's been that guy. The guy just hits. He flat out hits. It's a shame he's he hasn't a- been able to stay a little bit more healthy over the last couple of seasons. He's a professional rest- yeah, he's a professional hitter. He's a professional hitter. And that's why, despite him not having, you know, the best game going into that moment, uh, you, you know when it comes to locking in at the plate, he's going to give you a strong at-bat. Now, we, I think we'd all be lying if we said, oh, yeah, we, we knew he could, was going to go grand slam there dead central. But you definitely knew he was going to put together a strong at-bat. And, listen, you made the mistake, left that ball middle in, and, you know, it was typical Howie Kendrick. Stay inside the baseball, drive it to, to right center, center field. And, uh, I mean, at the biggest moment possible, uh, he comes in. Listen, man, that that Nationals lineup and the job they did as a staff was just phenomenal. I mean, Anthony Rendon, I mean, I know you can't get votes after the fact, but he's only making his case stronger if that was the case 
of being an MVP. I mean, he did every every big time at bat they needed, he got it. Every t- big time hit with runners in scoring position, he seemed to get it. And and I, I just can't say enough about the pitching staff and how what a good of a job they did. It was a pretty much a team effort across the board. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. Yeah, that was huge. And in the case of Anthony Rendon, a free agent, in the words of the great Teddy KGB in the movie Rounders, pay that man his money. <laughs> He's going to have a nice big check when it's all said and done. Yes, he will. Uh, uh, looking forward to it. So they're going to move on and play the St. Louis Cardinals. That game, I, I, I wow. thought I, I didn't see the first inning. I'll be honest with you, Tony. I flipped it on. I got home. I was out with the kids doing stuff. I flipped it on. And, and I went up about a foot away from the television. And I looked at it and I said, wait, wait, that's got to be a typo. What the hell happened? That was incredible. But it happened so fast too, right? Because I'm not going to lie. I didn't see the first few runs because it it happened so fast. I didn't get a chance to get my iPad out. And I was at the studio at the time. I looked, said two nothing. I I went to use the bathroom, came back and said four nothing. And next thing you know, they had a 10 spot, a 10 spot in the first inning. Now, I can imagine, I'm sure you can imagine being behind a plate in a playoff game, down 10 runs in the first. Like, you come into that game so hyped up to have a chance to win. At home. And before you even pick up a a bat, you are down 10 runs. And it's got to be demoralizing for the entire team. Not only that, you get an opportunity at the bottom of that inning, and you get nothing. Runners on first and second, one out, you get nothing. And then Cardinals proceed to add on more runs. And uh, listen, I mean, we talked about Jack Clarity, man. He he has been as good as any pitcher in baseball in the second half of the season. Uh, when you give that type of guy a 10-run lead to start the game, it's pretty much lights out. And, and, and that's what happened. Braves did not play well. Falkenevich came out, did not have the command, wasn't helped by his defense. And, you know, the Cardinals poured it on and, and – Listen, <laughs> uh, the, the, the post-game speech probably caught uh, some people by surprise. Uh, it, it shows you we're in a different generation, right? I mean, we sure are. you're 24 years old. At some point, you would think the light goes on. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't record this right now. But it never occurred to, to, <laughs> to the young man that he probably should turn his, his, uh, his IG live off. But nevertheless, man, the Cardinals just continue to prove everybody wrong and continue to keep uh, – marching towards uh, possibly another World Series appearance. Yeah, it's almost like they have a, a chip on their shoulder. Like, you know, no one believed in us. That's, that's, that's almost like their motto, right? No one believed in us. Oh, it's going to be the Cubs. Clearly. It's going to be the Brewers. No one believes in the poor old St. Louis Cardinals. They just kept trudging along, trudging along. Before you know it, they're winning the National League Central. And all of a sudden, then they moved. Well, there's no way they're going to be, beat the Braves, right? The Braves had the second best record in the National League. There's no way they beat the Braves. Well, they did it, and they did it in convincing fashion. And that lineup is continuing to prove they're putting up runners. Talk about some professional at bats in that lineup. These guys are professional. They don't mind giving themselves up. They don't mind advancing runners. They'll steal a base if you let them, and they can beat you with a long ball if given the opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah. Their pitching has really stepped up, though. They they are. It's it's really fun to watch. Uh, my only concern with the Cardinals might be the back end of that bullpen. Bullpen, yeah. yeah. But the the starting pitching is legit, and they definitely – I think this is going to be a tremendous series between the Nats and the Cardinals. I'm anxious to see it. No, I definitely am too. I think – listen, is having played in that division against them, very rarely do the Cardinals – 
win the name game, right? I mean, as far as on paper stacking up against, you know, every, each position. But the one thing the Cardinals have have always really done is they don't make a lot of mistakes. And, and, and playoff baseball is about teams not making mistakes, really. Because at this point, all the teams that are in it are good teams. And it just boils down to who's going to make the fewest mistakes. Very rarely will the Cardinals beat themselves, right? They lost two games in that series, you could argue, because they beat themselves at some point during those games. And uh, when they don't do that, they are uh, as fundamentally sound as you'll, you'll get in, in our league. And, and because of that, when you get in these bright light situations, they just stick to the fundamentals. And, and, and when you have a leader like, like Yadi or Molina on that team, you got leaders like Dexter Fowler and, and Matt Carpenter. Uh, it, it, these guys have been in these spots before, so they know what it takes to play uh, and they know what it takes to execute more importantly. I think this series is going seven. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically baffled uh, of how the, the Nationals are going to be able to continue. If they continue with the same strategy through another seven-game series, if they pull this off, I think this is this. I know they're favored to win this series, but – in my mind, based on the pitching they have, I, I, I'm struggling to see uh, how they win this series, but they've already proven me wrong once. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Hey, getting back to the natural fast, did you see Max Scherzer sprint in from the bullpen when yes. that game was over? He <laughs> <laughs> looked like like Lou Brock fly. He was flying in there. He I was mean, moving. He was moving, oh. and then kept looking back to see if anybody was going to come with him. He was like, "All right, you yeah. guys going to leave me by myself? I'll I'll run out here. This game's over." That, but, was, I, that really again, caught my eye. I'm like, "What is he doing? He's like looks like Carl Lewis. He's flying." But, but again, the the want to right because I think they panned over to Dave Martinez and Max Scherzer maybe the sixth, seventh inning, and you know that conversation was about, "Yo, I'm I'm getting in this game if we go on the extras. Like you need right. if you need me, I'm ready to go, which is why he's in the bullpen in the first place. Those guys are are on a mission, man. They're willing to do whatever it takes to win. And that's the dangerous part about them is that they're not worried about pitch counts, arms, arm usage, any of that. Innings pit, they're not worried about none of that. They're gonna do whatever it takes to get the job done, which is gonna make this matchup that much better because the Cardinals are in the same mind frame as they are. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you can get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our website address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know, the Cardinals have a good dynamic duo, good one-two punch or three-four punch whatever one you want to call it, and Goldschmidt and Azuna. But I think throughout the rest of the playoffs, there are some really good ones. You got LeMahieu and Judge, Soto, Rendon, 
Altuve and Bregman. Um, there are some good, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's no pitching around one hitter to get to the next because he has some power packed lineups. But I think that out of those ones that I mentioned, LeMahieu, Judge, Soto, Rendon, Altuve, Bregman, or Goldschmidt, Azuna, who you got as your go-to, which one would you take on your team? Oh, I'm, right now I'm taking Rendon and Soto. I really yeah, am. I mean, Rendon right now, I think, is as locked in at the plate as anybody. And you can just see it in his takes, right? He's There's yes, no panic yes. to him. There's no panic to him. The ball, I mean, close pitches. I'm not talking about non-competitive pitches. I'm talking about pitches that are, are maybe a two, two inches off the plate. He's taking them out of the hand like that's a ball. Breaking balls, doing the same thing. And Soto to, Soto to me is is so ahead of his age. I mean, the kid is can't even he has to spit out the the the, the champagne that's being sprayed on him <laughs> in his locker room. He's not even allowed to swallow this stuff. Uh, and, and, and and yet you watch him at the plate, you would think this guy's been in the league for 8 9 years. I mean, the 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 confidence, again, the 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 low pulse that he has at the plate it's just, you just don't see it very often from, from any young hitters in the league. And right now, considering they're both righty-lefty, I think that makes them extremely dangerous. And both of them hit left and right-handed pitches. It doesn't matter what you're throwing at them. Um, and I think that makes them dangerous. And the fact that they are, I think, as hot as any of those guys you named, and I know Goldschmidt and, and, and Ozuna had a terrific series uh, uh, against the Braves, those guys have been doing it literally for the entire month of September. So uh, I, I think that's the that's the duel that I'm taking right now. If I had to, if I had to uh, make a choice, how about I'm you? With you? I'm with you. I, I I could not agree more. I think uh, you know the fact that you said it's a great point. They both hit righties and lefties. It just doesn't matter who you're up there against. But they're both in the zone right now. Their takes are phenomenal, and they they're just flat out just better than everybody else. Uh, we're moving on to the American League. It's kind of what we figured. The, the Yankees would roll over the Twins, which they did. The Astros would roll over the Rays, although I would say roll over. They took it to five yeah, games. Yeah, they did. But it's, it's the outcome that we expected with the Astros. Just too much firepower in the end. Um, but you got to tip your cap to the Rays, who just had a phenomenal year again. Uh, how they're able to do it with their payroll is beyond me. But they've had some good starting pitching, um, and which did force them to game five. But uh, you know, now we have the, the Astros and the Yankees, and – I talk about a series that I think is going seven games. I think it's going to be this one. Oh, yeah, there's, there's zero doubt about it. This game, I, I, at least in my mind, I don't think there's a question. I think uh, the biggest th- what I think makes this this matchup so interesting is you have the Astros who have a guaranteed game one, game two, game three starter, and the Yankees do too, but. In the Astros' case, you almost can book that those guys are going to go at least six, right? So that shortens the game for the Astros. On the flip side, although the Yankees don't have the same type of starting pitching and you may not be able to guarantee them going six, their depth in the bullpen gives them the advantage there, right? Because they can they can afford the starter to go four, five innings and be able to patchwork it till they get to that back end of the bullpen because they have the type of arms. My only question is, as this series goes deeper, if this series goes deeper as we anticipate it will, will that bullpen be able to hold up over the long haul? I think it's a safer bet right now to assume the starters are going to hold up for the Astros side over the course of that long series. Of a long series, I'm not sure that the Yankees bullpen 
can be able to pass. So now it's a different story if the Yankees starters come out and they pitch well and they can get deeper in the games. But if not, I think the the Astros have an advantage from that standpoint. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know what I'm thinking of is is that you know as this the the Astros and the Yankees whoever proceed or move on to the World Series, think about how much it's going to hurt them playing in the National League Park. Yeah. So yeah. you have, I mean, these you have a couple of pitches. Most likely that the Astros, if they get there, how much going to hurt them if if whatever reason they're not swinging the bats and all of a sudden Verlander's got to come out after five because they're not they're not swinging the bats well. You need to send up a pinch hitter that could really cripple. A, a, a team like the Astros, who just are so dependent on that starting pitching, they have to come out early, get in that pen. All of a sudden, you're losing Verlander. I mean, Verlander, obviously, you want to get them out of the game. Garrett Cole, the same way. Garrett Cole's the best pitcher in the world right now. Let's face it. Um, he gives their team the best chance to win of, of anybody I've seen. Uh, and there's there's some good arms going moving forward. But uh, Garrett Cole is, is unbelievable. Obviously, Granky and Miley, these guys are all dealing but if they have to come out of a ball game in the World Series, that is really going to hurt them and their chances to win. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that moves on. They got to get there first. But um, there are currently, Anthony Gwynn Jr., eight managerial positions that need yeah. to be filled. Yeah. Yesterday, Gabe Kapler got let go by the Phillies. I was in the studio for about six, seven hours yesterday um, just talking over about, you know, what he was here doing for the last two seasons. Who's going to fill that void? Is it going to be Buck Showwater, Joe Girardi, Sandy Alomar Jr., Phil Nevin? Uh, we don't know. Uh, I'm sure the, the look is going to be very extensive for the next manager here in Philadelphia. But all across baseball, there's eight positions open. Eight! Um, and there's, you know, obviously some really good opportunities out there. Uh, any take on, on who might have a, a shot to go where? Well, I mean, it, it, it looks – and listen, the, the reality is we won't know until after World Series. We talked about this last week. Baseball frowns upon uh, announcements going on during this time of year. So uh, we'll probably get some leaked reports before when, it's, when it gets closer. But I, I, I see Madden going to the Angels. That's been already reported uh, that that was close to being done. Um I could see a, a guy like Sandy Alomar Jr. In, ending up in Philly, maybe even a Phil Nevin. It just depends, right? Because it, it's hard to predict these things nowadays because different front offices want different things, right? And, and, and the, in the age of, of analytics, you, you certainly have to be adept in, in being able to, to um, get that information to the players in a way that they understand it. You have to be open to it. I think uh, it's definitely going to be a requirement uh, the the tough part is that there are so many teams all at once that are looking for managers. I, in my at least in 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 my in my mind, I can't think of a time where there was this many openings uh, for managerial spots. And there's probably some tiers to the to the to the people that are out there, right? You got a tier one with the the Maddens of the world, the Bochies. If they if he decides to uh, come back, Sosha is probably going to be available as well. So. There's a lot of good names. I don't necessarily know other than the Madden to the Angels. I, it's hard to say for sure who's going where, but there's certainly a lot of. Have you heard any? Go ahead. Have you heard any rumors in San Diego about who's going to fill that void? There's been a few names that have popped up. Uh, Bochi has been a name that's popped up. Ron Washington is a is a name that has been percolating. Obviously, he was in the Texas uh, Rangers organization, uh, and him and AJ Preller, the GM for the Padres. Uh, ha have a relationship. Another name that a lot of people may not know is a guy named Jace Tingler. 
Um, he, he's been in that Rangers organization. He, he's been a kidding coordinator. Uh, I actually played with him in the Cape Cod League back when we were in college. So I, I know I know he's got a good baseball mind. Uh, doesn't have necessarily the experience managing, but uh, at least at the big league level. But his name has been mentioned as well, and, and that's why it's tough to predict because you go from a guy like Ron Washington, who is a is a known commodity in in Major League Baseball, and you also have a guy like Jake Tingler, who whose name has been mentioned, who relatively unknown in the game of baseball. So that's what makes it so hard to predict who who might go where. Yeah, you you bring up a very very good point though about you know the manager whoever. A lot of these teams are are so deep into analytics. And, and how the game is played and who plays where, who bats where, who can throw th- uh, to this hitter, who can pitch to this hitter. Is it really going to be, are you going to really tell Buck Showwater, hey, uh, you got to get this guy out of the game because analytics say that uh, he's only good for this amount of pitches and he can't face a righty, even if a guy's dealing. Do you think Buck Showwater is going to listen to that? you think Joe Girardi is going to listen to that? you think Ron Washington is going to listen to that? He said, no, no, this dude's dealing right now. I'm not pulling him out of the game. Uh, there's it's, No, seriously. I mean, that's that's going to be a major factor. And, and- listen, I, I'm, I'm with you, BD, but that's at your own peril, right? Because it, nowadays it, it, it is just different, right? If you go out and you lose a game, uh, in a playoff game, you could very because and you did the opposite of what the analytics say. The the bosses up top could uh, force you out of your job because of it. So the I, I think what we're seeing now is you're seeing a lot more of our of you know the old school managers that I enjoyed playing for. You're seeing them having to kind of conform a little bit to this new. Now, I, listen, I don't think any of those guys you mentioned would take a job in which. They felt a GM or whoever is at has the power could call down and be like, hey, man, this dude needs to come out. I don't believe they would necessarily take that job. Right. But they would have to do their homework on those type of jobs so they can stay away from because they're probably more out there than than we all believe. Yeah. And if you're a manager, say, I'm not going to be your puppet. There's no way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which is why, which is which is why we've seen the the in my opinion, at least, why we've seen so many new, young, no experience managers come in is because that's an option, you know, for the front office. If, you know, most if if you were looking for your first managerial job and, and and you go into the interview process and they tell you, hey man, this is how we want to do it, and you're weighing your first managerial job versus you not having one. There are a lot of people that are going to take that job and just deal with the whatever comes with it and, and try to and try to kind of, you know, get around it a little bit. Do you ever think we're going to get to the point and, you know, like I was talking to my son, we were watching the, the Eagles game last weekend. And, and I said, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt if there's a time where if you have just this giant lineman running at the quarterback and he's ready to sack him and just squash him like a bug. If it ends up being like two-hand touch, okay, that's your sack. You don't want to hit the quarterback. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to be like the same way in baseball with a quote-unquote manager. Do you ever think there will come a time where they just do away with the quote-unquote manager and they just have, all right, this is the, every situation is mapped out for every game, and the manager, there's no really manager. He's just there, okay, uh, the numbers say we do this, so we make this move. Uh, numbers say to do this, so we make this move. And it's now there's no feel to the game. I hope we don't ever get to that part where the manager is I, I don't think, dictated what to do. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever get to that point because there's still economics in the game, right? And I promise you, if the game turned into that, 
there wouldn't be very many people watching and there wouldn't be very many people going to the game. So that would ultimately affect the bottom line, which, you know, gets everybody's attention at some point. So I, I'm with you. I certainly hope we don't ever get to that point. Neither do I hope we have a, an automated strike zone. I don't don't like that idea. Either. No, that would, <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> However, you, I've been I've been in front of some umpires where I'm thinking, is this guy like seriously? Like, can you please call a strike? Or conversely, is like, hey, you got to shrink the strike zone. Like, oh, we don't have a 42 inch bat here. Right? There's no way I can reach pitches. Um, you know, it was, it was weird to hear what Trevor Hoffman said last week uh, about the strike zone and how he don't he doesn't think that he could pitch in today's game. I remember catching Hoffy, and if I sit up in a certain spot, and because he was Trevor Hoffman, if he hit my mitt, it was a strike. Uh, it's not like that anymore because everything is in that box and, and the umpires know it. Um, but this automated strike zone, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if that is something that happens to come to fruition. I really, I don't. I know you don't want it. I don't want it. I sure as heck don't want it. But I would not be surprised if that is an option moving, you know, down the road. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I know I don't yeah. want it to come, but the fact that they're testing it and they're trying to work out the kinks right now, it, it only leads us down the path that they're eventually thinking about it. But uh, I, I just think that would take. We, we've already we've already taken taken the emotion out of the game with the replay look-ins and uh, and all those different things, uh, it would only drain the game of even more emotion, right? How much are we enjoying playoff baseball right now where, where every hit, every pitch, every swing matters and you can feel it when you're watching the game, even on TV. If yeah. you get to those things, you will not have that same emotion that we're seeing in, in the game right now. And that's why it's been so refreshing for these playoffs because we've only had really one dud in, in the entire uh, playoffs. And even that, you can still watch the game and, and enjoy yourself. So I've, I, I think this playoffs has been really refreshing getting to, and there's been some terrific matchups as we talked about. I agree, Tony. And we'll get into more playoff talk with Kevin Millar here in a second. Look forward to hearing what he has to say about the upcoming games. Hey, everybody, Cody Decker here from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about 4hims.com. 4hims.com is your one stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And you know what? I'm 32, and I've been taking hymns for three weeks now. Baseball did everything it could to take my hairline away from me, whether it was just wearing a helmet, wearing a hat, or my managers just not playing me. My hair was going away. And I'm 32 years old, and I don't want to be part of this statistic anymore. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help you regrow your hair. 4Hims connects you to real doctors online. Get the hair loss treatment everybody's talking about, featured in GQ, Men's Health, Playboy, just to name a few, not to mention, I talk about it every day on our Radio.com original Swings and Misses. Go to 4 slash swings. That's 4Hims, F-O-R-A. H-I-M-S dot com slash swings. Okay, joining us now is uh, baseball royalty, at least in, in, in our broadcasting uh, segment, uh, section of, 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 this, of this game. Uh, Kevin Millar joins us. Uh, obviously, Kevin won a, a, a World Series ring in 2004 with the Red Sox, currently does a terrific job uh, on, on the MLB network. Kevin, how are you doing today, brother? I'm hanging, man. I'm just uh, battling these 45-degree conditions in Austin, Texas, when it was 100 yesterday. 
<laughs> the weather switched up and so so i take it you're not on the golf course last time we had you you out there taking some swings so at 45 degrees i assume you're at the crib right now that, that, that's exactly where i'm at um thinking about i might need to go to vegas tonight to figure out how i can get close to some good weather but yeah it was crazy because no, i'm not kidding it was 97 degrees yesterday literally woke up took took my boy to football practice 6 15 in the morning and i'm like Wait a minute. It's 48. I'm like, what happened? We just went to bed seven hours ago. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Kevin, we're, we're getting into the playoffs here. We're, or, you know, getting into the, see who gets to the World Series. And there have been some unbelievable games. Obviously, the, the Nats and Dodgers game the other night. Um, the Astros look like they're rolling. You have a couple different teams here. Some are doing it with more offense than pitching. Some are doing it with more pitching. But I'm looking at this Astros team, and I think they're very comparable to the 0-4 Red Sox team, you know, Schilling, Martinez, Lowe. Uh, you got Verlander, Cole, and Greinke. You can't go wrong with either trio, but where, where do you stand right now as to the best pitching trio in baseball, and how does it relate to those guys that were on your team? Well, it's interesting because Greinke's got to be better, right? I mean, on paper, you're coming in, and you're like, wow, this was uh, three Cy Young Award winners. But then that first night, you know, the, uh, his game three performance against Tampa – He's more – he's a little different at his point in his career than he was five years ago. Now he's an 87 yeah. and 90 sitting here, you know, mixing around. The one-two punch of Cole and Verlander, probably the best I've seen since the Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling in their prime. Pedro Martinez and Kurt Schilling, you know, was with us, but it mm-hmm. wasn't the 1999 version of Pedro Martinez when he struck out, you know, Sosa, McGuire, and Bagwell on back-to-back-to-back, whatever it was. So I would say – one, two punch, best I've seen. I mean, Garrett Cole has turned into the best pitcher in the world overnight. Uh, we always knew he threw hard. He was a great hard thrower at UCLA in college. But, you know, drafted the first round with the Pirates. Next thing you know, he comes over to the Astros. It is really, really fun to watch the command of his breaking stuff along with the 98 to 100 as a starting pitcher. Kevin, what do you think allowed him to take this next huge step that he's taking? Because as you said, he's always had the arm talent, right? He always threw hard, always had a good breaking ball. But what has taken him to this next level? You know what? It's a great, another great question because everybody's good at the big leagues, right? And and, and real quick, like David Ortiz came to us in 2003 as a non-tendered guy for the Minnesota Twins. Right, right. And, and, I, and, you know, I was on that program, non-tenor from the Marlins. So I'm over there. And then Shea Hillenbrand. And then, I mean, uh, Jeremy Giambi, Jason's brother. And here we are over here. We're just like three first baseman DH guys trying to get some at-bats. And in three years, I saw him go from David Arias to David Ortiz to Big Poppy by just overnight. And you're sitting here going, mm. what happened? Now you got 50 and 130 in those side, you know, those big columns. But he figured it out. So a guy like Garrett Cole – like something clicked because his heart rate looks like Jeter in the postseason or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Right? It's really a he's got this nice demeanor. So he's either, you know, seeing some psychologists, strength coaches, mind coaches, because <laughs> he doesn't give you a fist pump after striking out 15. He does it with class and dignity. It's just he reminds me like of Mariano Rivera, a, a closing version of Mariano Rivera, like no emotion whatsoever, but just fantastic command on the mound. Yeah, we're looking at, uh, I mean, just a, a Picasso out there. That guy is just absolutely dealing. Um, we're looking at changing subjects. We're looking into, a, there's eight, currently eight managers that need to be hired uh, at the major league level. I've never seen anything like it. Um, 
I, I don't say it's necessarily good for baseball, but managers are dropping like flies. I don't get it. Would you ever, in, in your wildest dreams, throw your hat in a ring to manage a big league ball club? No. Uh, you know, when I got done playing, it was just a question, and that was before the Robin Ventura and the, and the Mike Matheny phase of guys that were hired without any managerial experience, right? We've seen a change mm-hmm. in the guards kind of starting back then, you know, whatever year that was, 2010, 11. But it, no, to answer the question now, it's changed so much. You just nailed yeah. it right before you went in here, and, and you're, you have eight manager vacancies which means the front office guy, I would tell you that you want to be because they keep their job. And a guy like Neil Huntington for the Pirates can go out and trade, you know, a Tyler Glass now and an Austin Meadows for Chris Archer. He's still there, but, right. you know, Clint Hurdle's not. And so it's funny. The front office is where you want to go because it seems like you have a 10-year contract up there. But as a field manager, you, you, you don't get more than two years. I mean, literally, you, you have – more than two years, that's it. I mean, Mickey Callaway got fired from the Mets, was nine games better than he was last year, and Diaz blew 10 saves for him at this big closer, bring him in guy from Seattle. But I'm saying Mickey Callaway is a tall guy because if Diaz does his job this year as the closer, and let's give Mickey another eight wins. Now he's 17, almost 20 games over 500, and maybe that team's in the postseason as a wild card, but he gets fired. So that's my point is it's not, it's not right. It's not great for baseball. It's almost feels like the NFL, you know, they're changing hats. You go from the bills, defensive coordinator over here at Tampa Bay bucks, man, you know, coach. And it's, it's kind of got that same feel, but we're in a generation now they want young guys. They want to hire cheap so they can control it from the front office side of it. And there you have it. I think I'd go for a front office guy. And therein lies my issue. And I think a, a lot of guys who played this game, uh, prior till now, the issue with the whole group setting of making decisions. Like at the end of the day, if I'm going to be the fall guy, I, I kind of feel like I want to make some of the decisions as opposed to have this group setting where we all are kind of have a say in it. And I, I think, Kevin, you hit it on the head. That's probably why you see a lot of guys turning down jobs or, or kind of moving themselves, out, taking them, their hats, their names out of the hat. Yeah, it, it, it's a dynamic now. I mean, listen, some guys want to be a lifer and sit there and field manage. That's great. And that's, you know, not judging anybody. Right now, the game's changed. It, it, it has 100% changed. You have 10 guys you got to deal with. You have, you know, spin rate guys. You have the, the, the defensive war guy. You have, I mean, so there's a lot of moving parts that I've learned on this side now being, you know, on the television side and the winter means and now kicking it as a normal dude. But to hear, and see these TVs going on, and, and like it, it's chaos. And we're talking about yeah. a baseball game. We're talking about the game of baseball. I feel like I'm Alan Iverson saying we're talking about practice, but it's <laughs> true. talking about the Dude. game. Dude, yeah, I- the game. Like, you're going to have a winner. You're going to have a loser. We got nine innings of hot dog and beer drinking if you're a fan, and you got, you know, you're going to compete out there. It's, it's almost like we're robots now. You know, we're losing yeah. our eyes yeah. in this game. It's like, you can't face the lineup three times. The percentages are you hit, you know, it's like this, this thing going on. I'm like, bro, baseball's a, a, a game of just your gut and your eyeballs and, and what's this guy have and trying to get it. Somebody tip their pitches. And that's, that's what we're losing a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, Kevin, of all the guys that you work with, you know, Mike Lowell, um, Sean Casey, Mark DeRosa, John Smoltz, who would make the best manager of all the guys that you work with in your opinion? I think Mark DeRosa is, is, you know, hands, hands down the best candidate out there. I, I just, I just think Mark's got a lot more to give to the game. You know, this, this is an Ivy league guy, Penn, 
quarterback, baseball player, always been a great clubhouse guy, very, very smart in the analytical side of it. You know, I haven't put a whole lot of effort in that because I'm kind of staying firm on my ground, ground like as far as learning all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand it all. I don't care to understand it all. But Mark is just a very smart guy. D-Row, if he wanted to manage a team, I think there's no, no – it's a no-brainer, and he'd be great at it. It's just the way it is. He loves it, digs it, is into it. And uh, I think to answer your question, he's the guy. Wow. All right, Kevin, we've been uh, – we're going to wrap this up with – we've been doing a trivia uh, of, of guys who played, and, and we, we hit him with two questions. The first one is, can you guess – which pitcher owned you? Like, which pitcher did the best against sure. you? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I got benched in game – was it game one maybe in 2005 for the White Sox? Mark Burley, I was 0 for 17. So I know he would be a guy that that owned me statistically. Give me, wow. give me, another, give me another guess. Give me another guess. All right. The late Roy Halladay owned me. Jared well, he Wright. Jared Wright. Jared. <laughs> yeah, you were 0 for 10 off Jared Wright. You were also 0 for 10 off of Eric Gagne. Oh, Gagne, man. I had him as a, I had him as a closer and starter. I'm like, dang, this dude, I don't want to face him ever. <laughs> now, conversely, which pitcher did you own? You hit four Mike career Michina. home runs off this Oh, Tim Wakefield or Messina. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's funny. We don't we don't miss those ones. We can't who dominated us. We might miss it. Hey, you're exactly right. I'm like, um, let me see. Um, yep, uh, yeah, you know, next question, guys. Uh, uh, you know, you know what's funny, uh, Kevin. I I was talking to Kevin Alarm one time. I, I we were in a game. And I went one for four off, and I kept looking for a knuckle curveball. Right, looking for it. Why would you look for it when you can't hit it? I couldn't hit anything with depth. Right and after the game, I see Moose. I said, "Hey, Moose." I said, I'm "Looking for that knuckle curve all day." I said, "How come you never threw it to me in four at bats?" And he looked at me and he goes, oh, "I didn't feel I had to." Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Thanks, Moose." <laughs> Well, well we, listen, hey, man. We appreciate you coming on, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin, a lot. We'll uh, we'll try to catch up again here. Hopefully, uh, maybe as this play playoffs gets a little deeper. No doubt, boys. <laughs> oh right. man! Hey, get, take a blanket. Go warm up, would you? You, you got it, boys. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Big Time Baseball Players Edition. We appreciate you listening to Radio.com and presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, I'm Ben Davis alongside Tony Gwynn Jr. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 